0: hello 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 you're listening to big easy ideas a podcast that features live recordings from new orleans entrepreneur week and builds connections at the intersection of innovation and culture new orleans entrepreneur week or noe as the locals like to call it is an annual event across the city of new orleans every march and is a celebration of startups innovation entrepreneurship and what's next Learn more and check out ways to get involved at New Orleans or noe And now, on to today's episode.
1: Hello and welcome back listeners, Ellis Swimmer, account manager at Google here, back with episode three of Sassy Entrepreneurs. Whether you are a tech enthusiast, a market research aficionado, or a general New Orleans business lover, get ready for an exciting exploration of New Orleans' growing market research software industry. Louis David, interim president and CEO of the New Orleans Business Alliance, will have an insightful conversation with founders Vignesh Krishnan, founder of Research Defender, and Patrick Stokes, CEO of Repdata, both former Lucid employees who have brought their expertise and passion for market research to establish groundbreaking companies. Lucid was the first to build a successful market research software from New Orleans and exited for over $1 billion in 2021, making it their first unicorn in the state. Lewis will guide our dynamic duo on a journey through their entrepreneurial adventures, delving into the intricacies and rewards of building tech companies in New Orleans, a city that's constantly evolving and growing as a haven for innovation and creativity. Something incredibly awesome to keep in mind as you listen is that a few months after this conversation took place on the New Orleans Entrepreneur Week 2023 stage, Patrick's company, Repdata, acquired Vignesh's company, Research Defender. Both founders agreed that there was a clear synergy between the two companies. Vignesh wrote about the exit on his LinkedIn saying, the reason for this acquisition is the expansion of the product, the team, and the service. Buckle up, a lot more is coming. Congratulations to both of these founders. We hope you find today's chat to be inspiring as we uncover the secrets behind their success, explore the challenges they've faced, and witness the transformative impact that they're making on the market research landscape.
2: How's everybody this morning? My name is Louis David. I am the vice president of industry attraction and retention at the New Orleans Business Alliance. We're the city's public-private partnership for economic development. And at the end of the day, it's my job to help grow jobs. But it's really cool seeing Entrepreneur Week from I think the first time I saw it was when I was in grad school at Tulane in 2010 when it was mostly just a gathering on the side of the IP building with a couple of food trucks and a a couple of speakers. So it's, it's awesome to see how big it's grown. So to set the stage a little bit for this morning's conversation, I was doing some research and Texas Monthly estimated that in the late 90s, 2,700 people became overnight millionaires when Dell's stock went public. And they estimated that about a 1,000 of those people started their own companies. So as we've worked to build the tech community and infrastructure in New Orleans, of course we're excited to see companies like Lucid, Levelset, Turbosquid be very successful, see successful exits, but we get extra excited when those people go out and form their own companies. And I've heard two different ways to put it. It's uh, a flywheel or the title of today's presentation was acorns sprouting, which sounds a little passive because I know that's a very active process, but our two founders today, Vignesh and Pat, are former Lucid employees who have founded their own research technology companies here in New Orleans. So we wanna hear from them what that process has been like, why they're doing it in New Orleans, and, and what they see for the future. So Pat and Vignesh, I'll let you guys introduce yourselves and give us
3: like a sentence or two about your companies. I'm Pat. I founded Repdata in 2020. I spent about six to seven years at Lucid. Really, my specialty is new business sales. So during the pandemic, all travel was shut down and all research budgets were frozen. So I really didn't have anything to do at Lucid for a couple of months. And they say never give idle hands to a salesperson. And so I just started whiteboarding and thinking about what was kind of missing in the research technology space. And really kind of honed in on service level expertise, like Lucid and Pure Spectrum and others really going for DIY, programmatic, Vignesh going for a different side of the ResTech space. We just honed down on service delivery. And so we're an aggregated service delivery model that works with Lucid and, and Vignesh and other Pure Spectrum and other local ResTech companies. Vignesh?
4: yeah, I started the company in 2018, and like Pat was saying, it's very much part of the original ecosystem, which is uh, based on the business model of data collection. So we help fight fraud in that space, and I spent eight years at Lucid as well before starting the company, and like Pat said, you know, know a couple of people in the room. So that's the story. The company was started about four and a half years ago. So.
2: I just realized, can either of y'all give us a like, one-sentence version of what Lucid does? Because I know, you know it's been around for 10 years, but a lot of people are still, you know research software is not something that a lot sure. of people know.
4: So I'll, I'll try. Um, basically, every company in the world does market research, right? They want to know understand their customers' opinions and their preferences and so on and so forth. That's important data, and Lucid is slash was a company that helps collect that data. That's basically what they do, and they do it via technology, they access people who take surveys, and so on and so forth. But the uh, end goal is for companies to get data and opinions. Tell me a little bit about your company's
2: origin stories. I guess we heard a little bit about yours, Pat. Vignesh, when did that kind of go off in your head to say like, oh, I could do this separately, and there's a path forward, and what were your initial steps?
4: Yeah, sure. So. Any company's beginning comes under the business model, right? Like, what are you trying to do that needs to be done for all companies as opposed to within a single company? So there's plenty of companies that do market research, okay? So there are companies that collect data, there's companies that aggregate data, there's companies that supply data, and one very common theme is that there's a lot of fraud in the whole ecosystem. And I think a good starting point for any company is to make sure that multiple different companies need that issue right? If you're very, very specific, then you may you know, end up going to a corner. And um, I think I was looking at a lot of data quality issues when I was working at Lucid, and I knew, knew that there were such data quality issues elsewhere as well. So that's one. Secondarily, there were two competitors that merged in the space, and they became one, basically. And it's not such a big ecosystem that I should call it a monopoly, but the, it is basically one option instead of two, right? So we we tried to go after that, so that was the second reason. And the third reason is i had been at Lucid for eight years, eight and a half years, had a great time, but ultimately time, you know, like you said, you, you start to do the same things again and again. And so from a personal aspect, you know, I just wanted to put one, two, and three together and, and go ahead and, and start the company. So that, that was the story. And Pat, did you have no idea before COVID
2: that you wanted to go out on your own?
3: No, I, I knew I was going to go out on my own. <laughs> I think COVID was just the catalyst that sped things up. We all already knew we had product market fit. I mean, Lucid had a services business. We're essentially a version of that nowadays. Um, so we had client relationships. It's really about convincing people to join Rep Data during such a tough time economy-wise. Luckily I have a lot of good people in the room that are, are part of Repdata and good partners like Vignesh that make it very successful.
2: That's a good point. How many people do you have total and how many in New Orleans?
3: I think eight or so in New Orleans out of 60. Thinking back to New Orleans specifically, if we were in a bigger market I'm not sure I would have that connective tissue and you know, a lot of people rally behind me because we're New Orleans based and really want to support the community. So feels good being part of New Orleans and even supporting other businesses like Defender, Pure Spectrum, Lucid. But our insurance people are here, our councils local. I saw Karen from Wegman, like our CPA is here. So it's it's really good giving back to the overall community.
2: So that's a really good point. Someone yesterday pulled me aside and we were talking about this conversation and she was like, It was great that we have companies having these big exits, but they were like, hopefully the next generation, their lawyers here and their accountants are here and and that whole support ecosystem. So that's great to hear that uh, you guys are
3: seeing that. Yeah. It's part of the overall giving back. Awesome. And how many people do y'all
4: have? So we have uh, six full-time and about six or seven contractors. But like Pat said, it's not just that. It's also like we work with Jones Walker, for example. I, I hope I'm okay to say that, but we don't. <laughs> it's too late now. Um, so, so we work with them. Our CPA is here. Um, you know, we have the buildings. And, and more importantly, like, you know, we, we, we I have a lot of clients here, right? So I think other than maybe Los Angeles and New York, New Orleans is the, the company which has for us the most clients, hmm. right, as an as a independent city. Um, and that would be fairly surprising to say for a tech company. So I think there's a lot of different dynamics that go in, in there. And then the other piece is I think what we are doing, and not just we as a research offender, but you know, everybody in this room here, is that we're all doing slightly different things. right? We're not doing the same thing. Our technology helps Fight against fraud. Their technology aggregates from different sources. There's another, you know, company here locally called Peer Spectrum that uh, is an exchange, right? So that feeds into to Pat's company. Um, and then there's another gentleman. I don't think he's here right now, but his name is Eli. Like he works for a company called Grow Progress, and what they do is they do more political work. So none of them are direct competitors, right? There's a lot of feeding off each other. It's a network of variety of business models within the same space, which I think is more powerful than, okay, you do the same, you do the same, you do the same. You may be friends, but you're still doing the same thing versus like you're actually supporting each other in different ways.
2: So y'all have talked kind of about the advantages of doing business in New Orleans, especially in this industry. What are some of the challenges that you've come across doing
3: business here? Uh, Some challenges like I don't know. I, I used to live in Dallas for eight or nine years, and that airport, being able to get a direct flight anytime you want, anywhere in the world, Number is pretty one awesome. Number one-ranked
2: airport for like two yeah. years in a row. That's we true, got yeah. better food than Dallas, but maybe yeah. not as many flight I options.
3: I don't know if there's any disadvantages. I think it's pretty cool having a business here. It's, it's honestly a good talking point every time. You know, Where are you from? Uh, we say New Orleans, and there's you automatically connect to the culture with somebody else or talk food or Mardi Gras, we're, we're having a crawfish boil in New York in a month, kind of bringing some of our, of our local culture up there. Disadvantages, I, I can't think of too many. I think advantages of just that connective tissue that Vignesh just referenced, especially within the ResTech space, has really helped our business grow significantly that I don't know if we would have had that same opportunity in other markets.
4: So only because you asked, and um, I'll, I'll try to give you a negative, right, is what you asked for, like a disadvantage? Or? Look,
2: we just keep it real.
4: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so I mean, look, ultimately, we are not in the market for VC-type money, uh, but if we were, I would suspect that the list is pretty short here, right? You probably fall off a cliff after the third one, versus in a larger market, it's going to be really much bigger. I would say that's one thing. Uh, second thing, I mean, I don't think we can move New Orleans anywhere else. But you know, like for Ida, like two weeks, uh, you know, I was yeah. in my in-laws' house, <laughs> and uh, I, that you know, I don't, I don't think we can do anything about that necessarily. I would say again, only because you asked, like I think the there's only three universities here that you can really source on three or four, versus in California or a bigger market, it's you just yeah you eight ten fifteen twenty right. And for example, like hiring, we actually had to hire a third party to hire somebody. And we're very happy with the result. And he's the person who, li- who stays in Bain Rouge. But again, it, you're not having direct applicants pour in for a specific job. So I think, you know, it's not perfect as with anything. But on the flip side, like he said, once you have a connective sh- tissue, like it's actually people will help you. Two sides to the coin. You just have to use the advantages as you can and fight against the disadvantages. So.
2: Both of you have grown companies during this kind of like hybrid work period in person at home and traveling probably a lot as well. What's it been like on the talent side and how do you balance hiring people here locally, remote, and how do you keep that connective tissue inside your company?
3: I'd say one thing we struggle with is hiring right out of college or entry level just because we're growing so fast. We don't even have any training. I don't know if if I'm out of line saying that to the the crew here. Uh, But we, we cherry pick elite talent that are plug and play. And it's kind of how we go to market as service experts. So a challenge for us is finding local talent and having the time to foster their growth internally. I don't know if that answered your question or not.
2: Yeah, that's tough. That's one of the, you know, we're a small business town in a small business market. And a lot of the times when you have the bigger companies, they will invest in some of those like, you know, programs that can train people right out of college. So it's it's been tough for us. We, but Lucid has been a great example of what a larger company can do, especially with, you know, as many local graduates as they've hired fresh out of college. What's your take on kind of keeping that hybrid culture alive?
4: Yeah, so I think there's a few dynamics here. One is the reality of the world, right? Like, you can't escape that. And ultimately, I think if you try to, you're going to miss out on people who may not want to do that. And we have several people. Like, one of them, actually, he incidentally, he used to work at Lucid as well. He's a former colleague. He's in Seattle right now. And he went there in 2016 or so. And he... You know, is a very strong you know colleague of ours, and it would really suck if we were to impose a self-imposed rule on oh you need to come to New Orleans because we'd probably lose them, right? And I don't think that's a good strategy in 2023. Um, so there's a reality of what the world wants or what, what the world will take, but at the same time, nothing can beat sitting next to somebody and, and having a meal with them. Not just from a personal relationship, but from a work process as well, right? You can get far more creative. There's only so many whiteboards you can do on Zoom before like there's no space on the on the on the monitor anymore. So I think you you have to Try and do both, and where you can, and make sure that it's consistent. Right? You can't have special rules so for special people. Make sure that it's consistent across. Um, and then, as far as how do you make it work? That I think is very specific to every company. So for us, you know, it's like I said, a much smaller company. So by definition, everybody there's only n to the power of x, uh, where the x is pretty small, right? Like connections between two people. Versus if it's a thousand people company, it's a much bigger problem, literally. So, but again, a lot of us, especially on the tech side, we've had experience working with global teams because that's where the talent is, right? So when I was in India, I used to work with people in the U.S. and there's a handoff period, you know, you meet at the beginning of the day or at the end of the day, you know, you have scheduled meetings, you don't micromanage but at the same time you don't hesitate to reach out to people and ask them if they have lockers and so on and so forth and that has to be a mix of strategic but also not okay, at Monday at 9, this is what I'm going to do, and then at Tuesday at 11, this is what I'm going to do. That becomes too robotic. Um, So you got to mix it with some process, but also some things that happen instantaneously, right? So it's a mix. I think the answer is different for different people, but clearly it works, and we're not the only one. They're not the only one. They have other companies here, which are not the only companies that do that. Like, every company almost has to do it now. So as veterans of the tech scene in New Orleans, what
2: surprised you about where we are today versus when you first started at Lucid? What's your take on how far we've come and where do you think we need to focus next?
4: I came here in 2008 and the other item that was going on is the financial crisis. And I remember walking around downtown and And, you know, it's only three years since Katrina, and I've moved from Bangalore, which is, like, you know, I I think it's, like, what, 7, 10 million people. And you expect in the United States what you see in Hollywood. And then you come to New Orleans, and, like, what is this (laughs) thing? You know? (laughs) So it was pretty, I think 2008 was, or maybe even 2007 was an interesting time because of multiple factors, post-Katrina, financial crisis. But I think that, you know, one actually pivotal date, and, again, not to, maybe this is an irrelevant comment, but, like, the Saints winning somehow was, like, a time of like, okay, there's a plateau here and we can go up now, right? And I think we have taken that opportunity to go up, right? So TurboSquid, Set, you know, Lucid, obviously, and then all the companies that we mentioned within our ecosystem, there's a lot more. And there simply wasn't. Like, I can put a line on the sand and say pre-2010, right? And not that all of these companies got founded the next day after the Saints won, but <laughs> somehow, the, and, and I graduated around that time too, so I'm sure there's a lot of personal memory I'm imposing on that timeline. But I do think there's night and day between them, right? Like, you have tech companies. I know people here, like, there was no tech. I mean, there was literally no tech. There There's one. And for any city in the world to not have a tech company, that's not good. And now there are, and I, I can't give you a very specific answer. There was a lot of gray. But in, within that gray, things have really changed. And we can have these things. And we weren't doing this in 2010.
3: I think we need to keep talent in New Orleans first. I think the hard part is people from Tulane, maybe they're out of town, they, they stick around for a year or two and then they leave. Or I know a couple of people who try to raise a family here and it, it got pretty tough and they moved back to where they were from. And so it's hard for New Orleans to be this tech hub if we can't attract the town and keep them here. I think that there's a lot of responsibility just as other entrepreneurs and other business partners in the in the city to attract and maintain. I don't have anything else to say other than that. I'd like to also see, I love this ResTech foundation we have here. It'd be cool to have like other little pockets of SaaS businesses kind of sprout up over, the, over time.
2: What is it like telling your boss, hey, I'm out, but I'm starting a new venture, you know, very related to what we do. For If someone is in the audience saying like, oh, should I do it?
3: How do I do it? Well, I think the important thing is to build a bridge and not burn it, especially in New Orleans with such a local small community. But I, I think one thing about Lucid and Patrick is he was inspired by us wanting to go start our own business and supported us. So you know, me as a CEO, if Cullen says he wants to go found something, I'll try my best not to get mad at him and <laughs> and uh, and support him and yeah. Uh, the other thing with Lucid, it was easy in that. I was saying, hey, let me go be a channel partner to you. I'll bring your platform more business and have this symbiotic two-way partnership. And I think the answer would probably be similar. For yeah, I
4: agree. I think ultimately, you know, I agree with everything you said. I'll just give a different answer for a different context, which is in the digital ecosystem, you never have a company which is a pure competitor of any other company, right? You most likely can work with them, um, and you don 't have to force yourself, but just keep that door open right so that 's one like you, you know I think a lot of companies are like I said earlier, we all work with each other, right so we, you know even though there's partial competition or competition as it 's called there 's still a lot of work together so that 's number one, and the secondly, on a more personal level is ultimately i don 't think anyone, especially someone who starts a company does not see the fact that someone else wants to start a company right that's you're literally looking in the mirror, but at the same time, you know, obviously there's competitive elements. There are ways to go around it. Pat shared some ideas as to how you can be a channel partner. You can create value together, right? And yes, there will be competitive elements, but as long as you are forthcoming, I don't think the other person will think it's a crazy idea because it's not, they did it themselves. So. Well, Vignesh and Pat, congratulations. Thank you for building your
2: businesses here in New Orleans. Thank you to the idea village folks for this opportunity as well as everybody that's here. And just as a quick plug, I know you're in co-working spaces. NOLA BA just put together an updated version of our co-working guide um, that lists all the co-working spaces in New Orleans and we first put it together five years ago maybe and it had six co-working spaces and I think we have about 15. So that's at the resource table in the front and we'll put it up on NOLABA.org. Thanks so much. And and once again, thank you for building everything here in New Orleans. It's a choice, and we're excited to have you all. So thank you. Thank you.
0: Thank you for listening to Big Easy Ideas. Big Easy Ideas is produced by The Idea Village. A nonprofit accelerator that supports startups and cultivates entrepreneurial talent in New Orleans and the greater Gulf South region. By visiting ideavillage.org, you can learn more about how to turn your idea into a thriving business and how to turn your business into a high growth startup. You can also learn more about opportunities to invest in startups, ways to mentor, partner, and support local industry leading companies. You might also find a job in our region's thriving tech and startup community. The idea is, it takes a village. So visit ideavillage.org to explore how to get involved in the Gulf South's rapidly growing entrepreneurial ecosystem. The music for Big Easy Ideas is by the Young Fellas Brass Band from their new album, Block Party, which is available now on all streaming platforms. You can find the Young Fellas Brass Band on the streets of New Orleans and at their website, Youngfellasbrassband.com. That's fellas with a Z. Young, F E L L A Z, brassband.com. And of course, we want to give a special thank you to all of the sponsors of New Orleans Entrepreneur Week, in addition to the year round donors and supporters of the Idea Village, who make this work possible and keep this content accessible to all. And finally, thank you for listening. We can't wait to see you down in the Big Easy. Until next time.